Hey folks, Dads After Dark is part of the Nintendo Dads After Dark line of podcasts, which means the content, it's uh, it's not necessarily PG, it's not necessarily kid-friendly. So, um, yeah, you've been warned. Enjoy! Shut up and sit down. What is going on, Dads? And welcome to episode two of the Dads After Dark show, recorded on January 19th, 2020. We're your hosts, Drew and John, and thank you for joining us tonight for some Nintendo and eggplants. Now, we are excited to be here again. We had some great reception from last week. Thank you for all of you guys who reached out to us. Um... You know, we're happy. This is fun. We're doing this because we enjoy it. It's after dark. It's a little edgy. And tonight, we step up that edge game, right, John? But what's going on? How are we doing today? What's, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Drew, can you lower your voice? I had I had five nine-year-old girls sleeping over at God my bless house. You. God bless you, and no, no, it's not a Jeffrey Epstein thing. My daughter is nine, and she had a birthday sleepover. And kids came over at 3 o'clock. 3 p.m. drew and played just dance and video games and then we made them dinner and it was like feeding a horde of angry antelope i guarantee you were in the middle of that dancing uh i'm not going to incriminate (laughs) myself and then put them to bed after dinner and a movie they watched paddington 2 and they were so loud, and they're in the room next to us, and they can hear right through the walls. And my wife had to go in and say, get to bed. And, uh, uh, yeah. So there was no to... um, dads that scored last night, John. That's There was no dads. <laughs> not a single dad scored in my household. <laughs> and then the next morning, feed them breakfast, and then finally get them out of the house about 10 o'clock. So uh, I'm still a little tired about it. How are you doing, Drew? <sighs> You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm getting old, right? I, I started training for a half marathon last week. The very first what? week, I got hurt. I, I don't know what I did. I ran three miles. I felt great. The next morning, I woke up. I couldn't walk. I, like, rolled an ankle. It felt like my, my foot <laughs> up limping around work. It's getting better. I'm recovering this weekend. I go over. I don't know if I bend over to tie my shoe something. Throw my back out, John. I, I literally <laughs> am... Walking around like an old man. I was at the grocery store this morning. I think I had to ask like an eighty-year-old woman to reach something for me because I couldn't. I couldn't move my back. You know, <laughs> my my wife had to snow blow my driveway today. I'm I'm a mess, John. I'm getting old. I don't. I can't. I can't handle it. All right. Anyway, I have so many questions right now. But my first question is, why are you training for a marathon? You know, there's no reason actually. I I, I think it's one of those like. Yeah, I could do that. And it's funny because I said, I'm going to do this. My wife's like, okay, Andy, sure you are. Yep, you're going to do it. I was like, no, I'm going to train it. I'm getting an eight-week program. I printed out this nice little chart, eight weeks. Each day of the week, you have different <laughs> things you got to do. I'm doing it. First day, three miles, killed it. She's like, wow, okay. Next morning, Amy, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I'm out. I'm out. So I haven't ran since. Um, hopefully next week I can, I can, so, I can't let her so, win, John. She's winning so, right now. So you just woke up one morning and said, I'm going to run a damn marathon. Is that really what happened? Like, this isn't like, uh, 
you know, every year, every two years, I run a marathon. It's just, I'm going to run a marathon. For those that don't know, I'm a big Disney guy. I I do my own Disney podcast called the Disney Guys Uncensored. Check it out. But Disney does this thing called um, virtual run series where it's a virtual, you sign up, you do like a virtual half marathon. They do 5Ks, 10Ks. And it's kind of like a, it's really, you're really doing it for yourself, right? So it's like a self-motivating thing. So I signed up for a half marathon. I have between January 1st and like March 31st to complete it. So I, that that's kind of why. I, I mean, I paid the money for it. I got to do it. You pay them money to run a marathon? You pretty much pay them money for a medal. That's the way I look at it. But it makes me, <laughs> it, it makes me feel good about myself. I, you know, they give me a medal. Oh, you're going to get one of those medals, like participation medal? <laughs> it's not participation, John. It's a completion medal. Well, you're not going <laughs> to participate, it sounds like. so. Oh, I will. I this, is, this is happening. <laughs> but that's me. I, I'm getting old. I, I, I feel old. I, I gotta fight through it, though. Oh, okay. What about you? Anything else? Or I mean, I mean, you, you, yeah. Playing video game wise. I so last the last episode I said that I was playing uh, ukulele in the Impossible Lair. I wanted to give uh, an update on that. I beat the Impossible Lair. Um, I did so. Yeah. Because, uh, John, you, why? Why did you beat it? You, you, we are the dads of what. We're the desert score, and um, and, and 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 I and I'm I'm misleading. I beat the impossible layer on New Year's Eve. In fact, I wanted to finish it before the end of the year, and I did. Um, but I recently came back to it. Um, remember the last episode I mentioned that I was playing Thumper as well. Uh, yes, Thumper I broke me. That game. I got up to the boss of level six, and I could not beat the boss level six. The entire time I was playing Thumper, I kept thinking that, uh, you know, every every stage was the last I was going to do. There's no way I can beat this. There's no way I can beat this. And I get through it. And I was really impressed with myself. But I think it was like level 619 or whatever it is. Um, the boss was just too hard. My my fingers don't work fast enough. I um, I was playing on my Switch Lite in a, in a move of desperation. I switched over to my OG Switch because I was thinking if Ooh. I had a bigger screen, maybe I could see more. Maybe this game isn't designed for a small screen. Eh, and that still didn't work. So then I grabbed my Pro Controller and I played on my big screen. And I, I hardly ever play games docked. And I tried that one for like 15 minutes. Still couldn't beat it. So I just said, okay, we're done. I don't like quitting on games. But, but I just, did. I But I did. I physically can't do it. I'm... I'm a 43-year-old man, Drew. I physically, my, my skills are diminishing. I am leaving the prime of my life. I physically couldn't do it. it it's just um, not what you used to be. You know, I, you're you're losing the touch. I, I'm pulling my back out, and you're not finishing video games. I mean. <laughs> exactly. And it takes, why, why are we here? Why are we even doing a podcast? I don't even know. I don't know. But, but the point of that story is that I uh, picked up Impossible Lair, because I was sitting, I'm, I'm sitting around waiting for Tokyo Mirage Sessions. It finally launched on Friday. I've been playing that since, but um, I picked up Impossible Layer and um, I wanted to do all the completion stuff. And so I don't, if you've played this game, every level has five, they call them twit coins. And <laughs> it's an acronym. Oh, I, don't, I forget what they stand for, but it, it, they call them twit coins. And they're very purposefully like joking, but um, there's five in each level. So it's a lot like the Mario games, right? The Donkey Kong, you got to find all these coins. And I just had, I had a tremendous amount of fun. There are uh, 40 levels in the game, and I found every single twit coin for those levels. And then I found the eight bonus. Uh, there's there's eight bonus. Um, how do you describe it? Bees, which represent hit like points. Like bumblebees. 
Yeah, no, like bees. So when you like start the, the game, bee? no bees, <laughs> like like bumblebees, like uh, like bumblebees. Uh, well, okay, yeah, yeah, but they're not bumblebees. They're bees. Um, what the hell is the difference, John? There's there's it's a it's, it's a it's a it's a yellow little piece of shit that stings you. It's a bee. It's a bumblebee. What do you mean? They're all the same. Bumblebees are like four times the size of a bee. Ah, well, I mean, uh, sure, hornet, bee, bumblebee, honey bee. bees, Drew. It's all the same, John. It's a, it's, it's a yellow and black little insect that flies around and, and, and annoys you. You rescue the damn bee, and you get a hit point that you can use in the impossible layer. That makes so zero sense. Of, in, Why would it, a bee it does, give you a hit point? Do you want me to explain it to you? Not really. So I could the care bees less. Fly, <laughs> the bees fly around ukulele. ukulele and every time you take a hit, one of the bees just like falls to the floor. Like, oh, the bee took a took took a took a bullet for you. Oh, okay, and yeah, that, that still makes so, sense. So when you start the game, that you have to you you have to do this level called the impossible layer. It takes like fifteen to twenty minutes to get through, and you have zero hit points. Okay, and it so fifteen to twenty minutes to get through this opening. Well, yes, it is. This is a, so so you have to go through the levels to get bees so you can get more hit points so that you can possibly get through the impossible layer. And the whole game is just you getting hit points so that you can get through the impossible layer. You know, and John, so it I sounds thought, like if you just sucked less, you wouldn't need more bees. It, you know what? It really does. Like the game makes you feel like you are just trying to get cheats to get through this really hard stage. And, like and maybe that's why they decided to call it the impossible layer. So you wouldn't feel like such a loser. But I got all 48 bees. Now, I beat the I beat the impossible layer when I had 41 bees. OK, Drew. So I had 41 bees and I think I ended with like two hit points. So I needed 39 bees to protect me. And and 39 bees laid their lives for me. OK, so I, I, can we get a I moment mean, I, of silence for the 39 bees? I, that I don't get me? The bees. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, well, do, are they anyway, flying around you or are they just hiding in your pocket? Let's move on from the bees, Drew. But but what I want to say is that I got every twit coin. I got all the bees and I went to do all the achievements because I had to find all the tonics. Right. There's these like hidden tonic beaker things throughout the game. But there is one one tonic, Drew, that I can't get. And do you want to know how you get this tonic, Drew? I mean, you get this tonic. Listen to this. You probably need all the bees. No, no, no. That that's a different tonic. You get the you get this tonic. And if you're if you're gonna play ukulele right now, or you're playing it, I don't need to try to get all that. I don't need to. I'm not talking to you, Drew. I'm talking to you. I feel like you are. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to you have to to get this tonic. I'm not joking here. You have to get through the impossible layer with no bees, okay? Some This is a 15 to 20 minute level. There's four boss battles that occur during it, and the rest is hardcore platforming. You have to get through it with no bees. Good, you don't, and, you don't which you is, need them. Which is a joke, Drew. Joe, that, uh, Drew, that's a joke. You know, you and then let, me, let me point out, just to make it a little more <laughs> annoying, Listen to this. I'm Just listening, to John. I'm listening. Way, you have to do it on your first try, okay? Your first try. Now, of course, nobody's going to do it on their first try. You haven't seen it before. But you have to do it on your first try, which means if you fail, 
you have to start a new save file and play through the tutorial again just ah. to try one time getting through the impossible layer. And if you fail, you have to do it again. What, what does this tonic even give you? Just a little pat on the back? I honestly, I don't remember what the tonic was. Um, but if you get the last tonic, then you get the achievement for getting all the tonics. And then if you get that achievement with the other achievements, you get an achievement for getting all the achievements. So I don't have the tonic and I'm missing two achievements because I'm not going to freaking do this. This is stupid. So I'm stupid. You know, I had a really a, great time. I had a great it time. Sounds like you had a blast. It sounds like you had a blast annoying I, yourself. I would literally have to play this game for like three months playing the impossible layer over and over again to get good enough to get through it without taking a hit. Then I'd have to try to do new save files and go through tutorials over and over again until I did it. So that was my week. Have you uh, ever heard of the comedian named Dennis Leary? Yes. So for everyone out there that knows Dennis Leary, I'm just going to quote a skit from him that says, fuck bees. <laughs> because <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's how I feel after just listening to that game. That's, I mean, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. But you know what? Anything I have to say now about video gaming is pretty much useless after that story. (laughs) Well, I will say that new Fire Emblem content, new Fourth House, Cindered Shadows DLC totally made my week. Um, And I'm done with ukulele fuckbees. I I could have cared less about that direct shadow, whatever, that, that. The, and then the info about the Fire Emblem, blah, 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 sure, whatever. I, I'm still suckered into Witcher 3. Um, the only positive note I can say about it is I came across a brothel. And, of course, <laughs> of course, I went into the brothel. And they're like, oh, you don't talk to the chick As in the do. corner that owns the place. Well, maybe. And, you know, to progress the storyline. And I was like, fuck that. I wanted to check out the broads. So you could go up to the different females located within the brothel. There was probably like five different ones. And... Um, you talk to them, they're like, oh, do you want to go into a private room for 20 gold? And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go into a private room. What, you know, what's going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, they, they, they don't leave the imagination to the video gamer. Um, they create the imagination for you. They, they lay it all out there. Um, I, I did send you a photo of what happened while you were at work. Almost yes, fired. you did, Drew. Uh, my apologies <laughs> on that. But um, so after I did my first check, I said, well, hell, hell, I got to try the other four, see if anything's different. And they <laughs> are different. So so one chick took my money and ran. She didn't even get naked. I was a little upset about that. Uh, the other three performed. They, they did a good job. I enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was that was interesting. You know, why not? Was it? The, did you do this like one after another or did you like go to a like a go to the hotel and sleep and then like try again? No, no, this was this was bat to bat to bat. I, I just <laughs> you really put your character to the test here. Luckily, nobody was home. That would have been really awkward. I was playing on the TV, <laughs> and uh, your kids walk in. <laughs> you got to figure out how to turn off the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have went well. But um, yeah, I, you know what? I don't even get into more of The Witcher. I, I've been playing it. it. It's so long. I'm probably playing it the next eight episodes that we have. But um. I've been playing a few other small things. We don't need to talk about it. I think we just need to get into our first topic. What do you think? Let's do it, Drew. Let's do it. So for this topic, John and I decided to get a little raunchy. Um, you know, maybe it was the brothel talk. Maybe it was the bee talk. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> but 
uh, we decided to go out and rate the hottest characters on the Nintendo Switch. So there's very few rules. The only really one rule was is they have to be on the Switch um, in some sense. It could be a port. Yes. It could be um, an old character that reemerged on this. It doesn't matter as long as there's a game on the Switch where they can be found. And, um, and specifically, no 3DS, no Wii U. They have nope. to be on the Switch. Correct. Now, we each picked five and we each ranked them, um, you know, our top five. Um, so I think the best way to do this is kind of just uh, let's let's go through our five. So, John, why don't you lead us off and tell us your number five hottest character on the Nintendo Switch? <laughs> and I will say that this isn't like our our favorite female characters because Lucina would be like high up there, but really just sexiest. And this one for me was a late arriving and literally just changed it today. But Maiko Shimazaki from Tokyo Mirage Sessions at number five. So I was introduced to this lady on Friday and uh, she, <laughs> she runs the main, like, I don't want to give any spoilers to this game. It's fairly new, but she, she runs the main studios in Tokyo Mirage Sessions and she like handles the talent. Uh, you know, she teaches them how to sing, that sort of thing. And like of all the characters on the list, this is the this is the milfiest of them. So she's, so she, I'm going to say as, as we go through these, I am going to be pulling these up because I'm going to be honest. I think four of you people, I don't even know who the hell they were. So um, <laughs> I, I needed to I'm going to be pulling them up, looking at them. She, she's got that little school teacher vibe. I'm kind of into yep. it. Um, the, the, that skirt. Uh, very short, very it's, short, John. I feel high. like her. um her hoo-ha would be hanging out if that was a real start. Um, but um, yeah, she's got she's got kind of an outfit that like the buttons are having a hard time holding on. Um, and, and that's kind yeah. of a theme for Tokyo Mirage sessions. The, the women are very busty. She's got the uh, uh, the glasses with kind of like the pointy sides. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm dating exactly. it. And she does position herself as a little bit older. She's not like one of the young girls. She's she's a businesswoman. She's professional. She handles the business. And so she's 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 a little milfy. She's 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 really I'd say cute. Like a nice mid thirties. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at. And she's also very flirtatious in the game. Um, she likes say thing like there. At one point, she asked her character if um, if uh, he'd like a private lesson with her or whatever, and he's all like, yeah. And then the the girl character, who's like one of the the main characters, and like kind of like a love interest of the main character. And she's like looking at him mm -hmm. like, I can't believe you. You're so gross. And men just want one thing and whatever. And the guy's like, your your character is just like, what? Like, I just <laughs> I think it would be good for my career. Like, he totally doesn't get it. And uh, yeah. And but then it turns out she was just joking with him. Like she was uh, she was really flirting with him. So she gets she gets my number five spot. And uh, yeah, that's a good way to start right here. Uh, it is a good what, way. I, I will say <laughs> You, you do need to be careful when you Google some of these characters um, because you get a lot of cosplay. You get a lot of fan art. You get stuff you that's do. kind of a little um, not what you were expecting. But anyways, my number five, I went back and forth here and I wanted to put somebody on the radar that everyone could kind of relate to. And I'm going to say everybody listening to this show knows this person. And this person is in a lot of different games. So then I had to go pinpoint my game. Um, so I'm going with no other than 
from the Mario franchise, technically the Donkey Kong franchise as well, Paulina. And Paulina? The mayor. You know, I... At first, I was going with Mario Odyssey. I was like, with that hat and the little, you know, you had the singing going on over in New Dawn City. But then I remembered she made a late appearance in Mario Tennis with that oh, little athletic right. skirt with the black leggings and that the little visor and just. That yeah, for you? It, How you know, many people it, have seen Paulina in Mario Tennis? Is Are people still playing that game? I, I mean, I doubt it. I, I played it for about a week. I beat the game. And I'll do you, do you think they do you think they put her in there to try to bring people back? Because of her hotness or just because of. Yeah. She's a, well, you know, when you I put, think so. when you put Mario characters like her or Peach or I don't know, Daisy doesn't do it for me. Rosalina in these athletic games, you know, for example, I almost went Rosalina in Mario Kart 8. When she has a bike, she wears like that tight spandex outfit, <laughs> you know. So right. there, there's, it, I don't know. You're not wrong. I mean, when 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 they add these characters and they put them in these different games, they're like, well, oh, now we can explore different outfits and and yeah, anyways, and, yeah. and really, Paulina deserves credit. She's come a long way from the old retro games. You know, Correct. she's really kind of come in and and uh, I agree. She's she's getting she's getting hotter she's, with age. She's maturing. She is yeah. maturing. She's, you're right. I mean, if you had to know by age, she's probably up there. But um, she almost doesn't age, you know. Yeah, yeah. Your game characters don't have to. That's the beauty of it. Right. Yeah. But. Well, okay. So I'm, I'm intrigued now. You're going with Paulina number five. Drew, who is your number four? Um, so this one is unique. Um, I kind of stretch here because I, I don't really play a lot of this game, but uh, she jump, she jumps out at me. Because, uh, again, I don't know the history here. I, I th- she's kind of got that little. This is my only one that's a little edgy where she's almost non-human. You know, change it up a little bit. Throw some spice in there. Um, and I'm going with the, the Widowmaker from Overwatch. And huh. give, do, yourself a, do yourself a favor, John. Give her a little Google image search for yourself. All right. All right. Um, not only will you find some amazing cosplay outfits but um okay i see it i see it so she, she has this this purple skin um of course she has the very revealing like um almost think of like a zipper up front but with the zipper all the way down to like the belly button are these Best. clothes i you know these remind me of um you know those like, like kinda, yeah it looks like body paint <laughs> i mean she which is great armor for a game like overwatch Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, very curvy in the in the bat side area, I may say. But um, yeah, she's kind of uh, jumped out at me. I I'm I'm into it. You do know, you, like I said, do you use her as your character? Uh, no, I don't really play the game. I I I played it a couple times, but no. Oh, okay. No, it just seems uh, like that would be a character to use. You know, well, while I you're mean, playing, something to look at. Funny, you know, I there was a long time ago when I when I used to play MMOs on the PC. You know, yeah, sure, you made some female characters. Like, why do you make a female character? Like, listen, if I'm going to sink hundreds of hours into a game, I at least want to look at, like, a, a nice female Yes, yes. Like, furly man running around. Like, Exactly. But there's no difference. Male or female, I'm still doing the same damage. I'm still playing the game the same. I'm just yeah. trying to look at something a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I, I agree with that statement. Wait, well, um, I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, I'm playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions. 
And, you know, you're grinding, you're fighting battles over and over and over again. And, you know, one of my three characters, very busty young lady, and the camera kind of gets in on her. And I tweeted a picture of it earlier today. And honestly, it makes the grind a little more palatable. So it's for the same reason. It just gives you something to kind of look at. Nothing wrong. Uh, yeah, absolutely agree. But uh, what about you, John? What's your number four? Number four was tough for me because I had to go with a character that is near and dear to my heart. But uh, if we if we were going to say favorites, uh, she would be my number one. I was shocked I everybody, on this answer. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. But if we're going to go with hottest, um, she gets number four. And that's that is none other than Bayonetta. Uh, Bayonetta 2 is my favorite game of all time. Uh, Bayonetta is my favorite character of all time. Uh, Bayonetta's soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks well, of all so time. So let me ask Everything. you this. What makes her so amazing for you? Is is it just the game itself, or is it? I, I, I don't don't yeah. hate me, John. I haven't played the games. I know yeah, you're yelling. Yeah, yeah. But is yeah. it is it the way she portrays herself in the video game? Is it her hotness? Is it just the gameplay that makes it you is. love the game, so you love her? Or and, and she hit me by like a ton of bricks. A, a quick story: a few years ago it was New Year's Eve. I had Bayonetta um, on Wii U. Um, and no, it probably goes back about four years, right? I had a uh, Bayonetta on the Wii U and I play and I just decided like, Hey, New Year's Eve, I'm going to stay up late and I'm going to play Bayonetta two. I've been wanting to play it, but I, you know, can't really play it in front of the kids. And I started playing that game. And I was like, that was one of the most amazing experiences I ever had. Wait, and I just sort of fell in love with the game and the character. And what does it for me is, um, she's got attitude. She's basically, you know, chew gum and kick ass type. Um, she is a she's a witch. She has great one liners. Um, she's just tough as nails. And, you know, she wore like in Bayonetta one. She has the longer hair and like the ribbon and she's a little more revealing up top. And uh, yeah, like, you know, uh, what I find interesting is in Bayonetta two, they changed the character model. And I'm not sure if it had anything to do with Nintendo um, coming in. I, 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 I tend to think that. They got rid of the long hair so that it could render a little bit more efficiently with her short hair look on Bay on uh, on the Wii U. Which one do you prefer, uh, John? I don't know. I I prefer the Bayonetta two model because I love that game so much. I don't like Bayonetta well, one as luckily, much. Luckily, Joe, we're not ranked in top five games. Okay. Yes, I this yeah is, I know hotness. I, I so would say which one's hotter? It's hard to when you imagine them. You think of the game, well, so I have to say. I've got to say I like the Bayonetta 2 model a little bit better. She's definitely more covered up. She's definitely got the, she's got the shorter hair, but there's just something about her attitude and the way the the outfit. I, I that's just the way it is. And that's what Bayonetta that's what I love about Bayonetta is just her fighting her fighting it's it just comes down to that. It it goes beyond looks here, but um no, she's 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 hot. So she knows it. You, She's got the glasses you. on. It's uh, it's like it's a good deal. Yeah, it's a good deal, and it's a worthy number four. Um, there's some tough competition. I um, feel like she would like, be hard to get. I, I would be terrified. I don't even think I could perform. Honestly, I, I I'd be. She I'd would be perform. You think terrified. she's like? She she. How is she in bed? Do you think she's in the dominant position there, or do you think she's kind of? Uh, yeah, oh, you're definitely. right. You know what? I'm a little afraid of her. You're, you're, not, I, you're I, right. You're definitely right. But at every moment of 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 time, you'd be afraid that she's just going to murder you at any given moment, too. And you have to decide if this is worth it or not. 
Um, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, God, it's, really it's worth it. it. I mean, like, if, I mean, if, if this is die, how I die, if this is how I die, this is okay. I, I don't disagree. So I got to ask you really quick before we move on. Mm-hmm. I never played Bayonetta's. Why are these non-kids in the room friendly? Um, there is a lot of, um, a lot of bad language, a lot of sexy language, um, in the opening scenes. I mean, like you see her like stripping down, um, she's like traveling on a horse in slow motion. There is no nudity. There is implied nudity. Um, but there is no nudity. Um, yeah, just some bad words, nudity, a lot of suggestive themes. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, this is not a game to play in front of the kids. Um, but as Justin said, I won't judge you if you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's move on to your number three. All right. This one is I think this character is the one people will know the least. Um, this is Jenna Anderson from Astral Chain. And a lot of people I mean, I, I know Astral Chain was very popular. Not everyone got all the way through it. About halfway through, you start to meet jenna anderson and she becomes kind of the main antagonist of the game um i won't say anything more about the plot well i'm gonna tell you right now uh jenna anderson is also a real estate agent for keller williams and she's not the one i want to be having sex with so so let me just say the storyline for jenna anderson is she used to be a scientist at this firm that you that is the basis of the game for astral chain and she is she does not approve of the leader of the guy named Yosef, um, the leader of that firm. And uh, something happens to her and she's basically trying to kill Yosef. And the thing that really does it. And I know you're looking at a picture of her right now, Drew, because that's what I, you do. I, I am. And I'm trying and to imagine her naked. The thing, it's not happening. It's, I'm not, thing, it's not doing it for me. The thing that does it for me with Jenna Anderson is. She looks like a haggard, uh, badass Samus, Aaron. Do you see it? Mm, no. You you don't think she looks like Samus, Aaron? <laughs> she, so Jenna Anderson, okay, so if you don't know what Jenna Anderson looks like out there, imagine what a Samus Aaron would look like if she was like a stripper who did meth occasionally. Now, and, now I see it. Do you see it now? Now I do. <laughs> and that's meth. who Jenna Anderson is. Right. And she's bad and she's evil. And she comes out and she just wants you dead. And um, so, yeah, I think she deserves. This is going to be a character thing because I'm looking at the pictures and I'm like, she's not a smoke show. She, but, I think of all of the women on my list, she is like the dirtiest. You know? <laughs> You know what I mean? so she's the one like just to dim down the lights a little bit and get after it. She, I mean, she looks like, you know, she's trying to get score some drugs off you. And, you know, like she's she's a street girl, um, but she's also brilliant. She's a scientist. And I, I I appreciate that. She's got she's got the looks and she's got the brain. And um, and I think she's got massive breasts, I guess. She, I mean, John, I think we're getting a reoccurring theme between the breasts and the the older women. I mean, but Bayonetta looks kind of middle aged as well, or older, not no, middle aged. But she's a witch. She's she's very old. She's she's over a hundred. I I think she's over a hundred. Oh, I can't remember what she is. Are you spoiling it? She's one of that, but but uh, no, we know she's a witch. 
but Jenna Anderson is sort of um, she's got some other things going on. Um, it's not very clear and they don't fully flesh out her story. But um, once she appeared in Astral Chain, I was kind of like lagging a little bit. And then once she appeared, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going after her. Like it kind of like got me going for a few levels. So um, she's number three on my list. Drew, what is your number three? My number three. Well, I've been playing this game so much that it's fresh in my mind. Um, And, you know, with The Witcher, there's there's a lot of decisions you can make when you talk to to players, uh, NPCs. And when you do that, it, it kind of gives you that little like, OK, like, what can I do with this person? What can I make them you know feel for me or can I make them hate me or can I make them go in the next room or whatever? Mm-hmm. So I had to stay with that. I was and this character is I mean, she's hot. Is she the hottest on my list? No, but it's that feistiness that I like about her. And I'm going with no other than Triss Merigold, who is also a, a witch. And uh, wait, uh, is she the one without the shins? No, no, that's Siri. Oh, okay, that's right. And it's also another hot one, Yennefer. Which let me tell you, if you watch the TV show, whoo, we had a nice Yennefer is the one with the the white hair, right? No, 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 no. Siri has the white hair. Yennefer has the oh. black hair. Oh, and she's the one at the beginning of The Witcher. Correct. And okay. Triss has the red hair. Oh. Siri, so like if I had choice. if I had to rank them, I would say Triss is probably number one for me. Yennefer is a very close number two. And then Siri is a little bit distance number three. Okay. Yeah, well, but, she's like uh, she's like the half woman. So I don't know. Oh. Um, so so how much do you see Triss in the game? Well, right now I'm I'm in I'm in a part of the game where I'm with her quite a bit. Now I don't know how that merges on afterwards, but like right now she's part of the main storyline and she has been probably for the last like eight hours. So there's a lot going on with her. I think she's the one that sent me to the brothel. I wish mm. she kind of came to the brothel with me because I mm. probably would have paid her all hundred gold rather than the other you know twenty 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 splits. But um. Yeah, you know, there's something about her. She's feisty. You know, that little witch sorceress type magic ability brings her on. Um, she's just kind of a badass woman and owns it. I, I, I'm into it. I, I, I think that's a theme with us, too. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So, with like that, <laughs> all right. So my number two um, is a game that uh, I played. It's, it's also a hundred hours type game. Uh, I, I played through all of it, and um, I think John played through it. I'm not sure. We'll find out in a minute. But um, I'm going with no other than what I'm talking about is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Oh. And let me tell you, there's a lot of women in – well, it's not, there's, there's a lot of people in that game that show a lot of cleavage. Um, they're very powerful women in that game. And you're probably now you're probably thinking, well, it could be one of two people, right? You probably narrowed it down a little bit. And I'm going with Pyra. I'm going with a, another redhead chick. Yeah. Which, That's th- um, is that three? That's three. No. Three redheads? Paulina's Paulina got red hair. Brown. Oh, it's red. Oh, no way. Uh, all right. Well, two and a half. And then a purple haired girl. Paulina has brown hair. That's okay. a fact. I I I'm with you on Pyra. I think I think Pyra is the most unsurprising. Um, I think I, I really want to say Pyra makes you 
fall in love with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It was a big reason it why I does. wanted to play the game. She just seemed like a cool character. Like, yeah, she's sexy and everything, but she seemed cool and she's very quiet. And so, this is a this is a good choice, Drew. This it is, is a good it, choice. You know, it, it, it is a gen where um, she, she's obviously hot. She, she's just some big boobies. But um, <laughs> it's the character, again, that makes you really part of the story. It's the emotional connection. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, like you, she when you first meet her, she's like kind of lost. She doesn't know where she is, uh, you know, and you just want to protect her. And then that's what they go with with Rex that he's trying to protect her. And Rex, Rex just yeah. like is ready to lay out his life. The, the for game her. really is an amazing game. If, yes. if, if you guys have never played any of the Xenoblade Chronicle games, um, this is actually a really good one to I, I feel like to jump into. It, it's it's a unique fighting system but once you kind of get through it i hate to say it because you do have to give it like a good 15 to 20 hours and then once you do everything's so natural and it's so much fun the world is so large and it's so unique um i just i love exploring games right and that, this is that's, a, it's, it's that is all very about true can we talk about pyra's hips a little bit first though <sighs> a little curvy very curvy <laughs> um i mean her whole body much. No, I almost want to look at them. Think of like kind of like the the boy booty shorts, whatever the hell they're called. But like, oh yeah, same thing. I feel like her hoo ha should be falling out. Yeah, I don't think there is one. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's the point. I guess it's a video game. She doesn't technically have one. If it was real, she it would. Yes, you're right. It would be falling out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um, I'm all. I'm into it. I'm all for it. I uh, mean, and but um, great hair. Uh, and you know, like I wish the whole, the whole the red thing, short. like at some point, yeah, it's 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 a, almost a little bit above shoulder length hair, yeah. But like um, a bob, I wish you could add like three inches to the hair. Think so? I feel All like right. that move her up yeah. a notch. Think so? All right. I think so, I'd like to see it. Maybe somebody can like make a make a version of it. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Drew. It's interesting that you say Pyra is number two because okay. my number two okay. is her better half, Mithra from wow. Xenoblade Chronicles Two. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost. I, I'd say if a little bit bigger boobies, definitely longer hair. This is now hair down to what, like your butt, almost. Yeah, she's got. She's got. Oh yeah, way longer hair. She's blonde. Blonde. Um, yeah, I don't know if her chest is bigger, um, but it's more exposed. Like Pyra, that's, Pyra that's is true. like Pyra's she, like Bayonetta. Like she's she's very she's covered up, and then Mithra just lets it out. And the thing I love about Mithra the most is she has the attitude. Like Pyra is, she's very like soft spoken. She's very sweet. She's very nice. You want to protect her. Mithra's like you know I don't need some goddamn man to protect me. She's a little nastier. Um, there's that one scene where she's like wakes up in the bed with Rex and she's just like throwing shit at him. And and then she's like, get the hell out of here. And then like she's walking out and she's all like, you were staring or something like that. And yeah, like, I bet Pyra, your ass I was. Pyra like doesn't know that she's hot. Mithra is well aware that she's hot. Sure. And uh, I think that's what edged her out over her. It edged her out over Pyra and um, like she appears later in the game and I mean this is an older game but but Mithra is sort of a um, uh, Mithra is like the original character and Pyra is sort of a personification but they're the same person they switch between each other um, but when Mithra showed up it really just shook up the game it was almost like 
okay, let's get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. We're shaking it up. You're no longer with Pyra anymore. You got Mithra. And it was really felt, a, a great I little che- I felt great that I was twist. cheating. But I, I felt that I was cheating. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have you have Pyra part of you this whole time, and then all of a sudden they're going to throw a curveball like, oh, I almost have like a twin sister who's a little bit hotter, maybe not. I don't really know. And then it's like, well, you only can have one of us at a time. Yeah. Like, no, F that. I want both of you at the same time. <laughs> but you're not getting either. So that's the way that's the way it works for Rex in this game. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is true. How about what the hell uh, those little uh, that little furball hamster guy? Those guys were awesome in that uh, game. The guy that built the, the, the robot girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, those that, what a great game. We, Do you remember oh, the, you remember this scene when she's like he he's got the wrong programming on her and she's all like a <laughs> like a sex slave and he's like oh oh Oops. I gotta change it Oops. <laughs> I forgot about that I really oh. want to play Xenoblade again that's, that's a so fun good. game oh uh, man well I think it's time I think I think we're here I think we're ready once who who right. who's going first here uh, I'll take it first here um, I think mine's gonna be this... more of a shot to the world so I think you should go first okay. I, at one point, had like three different number ones, and I switched between them as the winds of... I started off with Bayonetta number one, and then as I thought thought about it, I actually had Jenna Anderson as number one. And then I said, you know what? I think the character and their impact on a game matters. You know, someone like Maiko, like, is going to be number five, you know, because they're not a main character. They're a main NPC, you know? But I would have had this one, number one, but she wasn't on the switch. And then I was reminded that she is. Okay. And that, it, and it is Camilla from Fire Emblem Warriors. Now, Camilla is from uh, Fire Emblem Fates. She's with the, the family of Conquest. So um, I that's when I, we first met her. And that's like a lot of the people in the family have like the purple hair. Camilla has the purple hair, the big chest. She has like this sweet way of talking. She kind of knows she's hot, but she doesn't let you know that she knows that she's hot. Um, and you just you just want her to hug you. I don't know what it is. There's like a well, motherly thing. I mean, it's she, a looks weird like she, thing. she looks like she has some bad problems. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> I mean, hugging would also be difficult. Yeah. She's pretty badass. I mean, yeah, I, I, I got to be honest, and you might know this, you might not, you might hate me for it, you might quit the podcast. I don't play Fire Emblem. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that, really. I mean, you should be playing Fire Emblem, especially if you want to see some hot characters. And I'll tell you, my wife has uh, latched on to a few male Fire Emblem characters along the way. Good for her. Um, but yeah, Camilla is sweeter. She's not like a Mithra. She's not like a Jenna Anderson. She's not a Bayonetta. She's she's a little more sweet and and uh, she goes around, but she's always wearing revealing clothing. I will I will confess, I played way more Fire Emblem Heroes than I really should have because I was trying to unlock all the different versions of Camilla in the game. Oh, you and dirty I only old got dog. A, I got a couple. I had like a summer version where she's wearing a swimsuit. I wanted it so bad. I got the spring version of her and I got the regular version of her. But, now I got to type in swimsuit and see what I get. Now that I knew she was in Fire Emblem Warriors, she did make her official appearance on the Switch, and she becomes my number one. Um, and it's it's close. I'm not going to say it's not close. I I really like my selection of uh, of ladies, and I bet you if we did this list a year from now, and maybe we should, uh, <laughs> that maybe it'll be different depending on what comes out. But um, well, it's possible. I'll tell you right now, John, my number one will not change. 
And everyone's out there saying, well, shit, you guys named nine hot chits already. Who else could possibly be out there? And I know you're yelling at the radio, trying to figure out who we are talking about. This chick has been around. She's been around. Um, <laughs> she's a smoke show, I gotta say. <laughs> and I love her because we've all picked these very outgoing sorcerer purple people. Besides Paulina, I want to say, we've all picked, they're were, they were all these something different types of women. This girl's real. She's as real as you can be. And, um, of course, I'm talking about someone that is very fit. As oh, fit, God. As fit as oh, the God. We Fit Trainer. <laughs> Wait, We Fit Trainer is your number one? John, pull this chick up. She's no joke. First of all, pull her up. I watched her for like 50 hours on the Wii. Hey, I don't need to know what you're doing on your own time. I made her in Smash for a little while, too. No, you know what? You're right. You're right. She's she has. I mean, she has a sits pack. She has the perfect size breast, not overdone, but they has that tight tank top. She was a little bit of the belly. She's wearing her nice Capri Yoder pants, hair pulled back in a ponytail. And I mean, flexibility, John. I mean, you can't <laughs> tell me she's not going to be good in the bed. <laughs> because uh, I've seen her do some crazy things on my, my, my Wii. So, um, yeah, I'll be crazy. Uh, but I feel like she's the most normal person there. You know, I, I don't need right. a personality. She's just there. I can compare it to something. You know, Drew, but. this it it felt a little dirty going through this list. And I know we're I know we're objectifying here and we're just having fun with it. Um, but we're just trying to get the honest content out there. And we know the dads can't do this content because, you know, they these kids listening. So but we're gonna do it for them. And yeah, we're gonna do it for them because guess what, Drew? I asked the Nintendo dads who they thought the sexiest character on the Switch was. And okay. I got answers. Do you want to hear who? Uh, let's play a little game, Drew. I'm going to name the Nintendo dad and have you tell me who you think is going to be their favorite. OK, you ready? OK. All right. Justin. I have to tell you who I think he picked. I thought yeah. doing it the other way around. I well, I thought that's he would impossible. Go I think I you th- should name name the, the, the person and I'll try to guess what Nintendo dad said it. <laughs> okay dixie kong <laughs> no i'm just joking i thought justin would have said that but uh, uh no he didn't all right uh, i'm gonna pick randomly samus aaron oh, you pulled all the dads <laughs> i pulled all i got four dads Okay, um samus aaron i mean that's something that i feel like should be maybe tim that that exactly oh. is Tim. That wow. Is Tim. Okay. I will okay. give you a hint though. Tim said Samus Aaron, um, but there was another form of Samus Aaron uh, said by another Nintendo dad. So can you name the dad and can you name the form? I mean, another form. I'd have to know the blue suit there. What's that one like that? Uh, the zero suit. Yep. I feel like that would either be Justin or Marty. I'll give it to you. It's Justin. Okay. Just, and I, like I said, I thought he was going to go with Dixie Kong. 
but he went with Zero Suit Samus, a good choice. Um, that is a great choice. That's a great choice, and I'm surprised she didn't end up on our list at all, which is kind of weird. Um, but you know, sometimes you just you see these characters, and it's fun to go with some newer, fresher characters. So I agree. I agree. Zero Suit Samus. Um, Pyra was a number one. For Pyra. Somebody. Yeah, Pyra got the number one spot for this dad. See, Pyra's a tough one, too, because I feel like that's a game Marty didn't play. But yeah. I feel like that's a game Jesse would maybe play because he plays these large RPG-type games. Right. I mean, if I had to just guess based off of Pyra, I probably would say Jesse. It's Marty. <sighs> I didn't even, I'm not even sure I knew Marty had played Xenoblade. He but... probably hasn't. He probably yeah. Googled hot shits, and that came up. He's like, that damn, that shit's hot. Yeah. So Pyra... Is it for Jesse? I'm not going to have you. I don't think you even know this character. I probably won't. Um, but Jesse kind of Jesse kind of nailed this because I asked him and he said Tharja. And I was I like, know who that is. And I and I knew who exactly Tharja was. And I said, well, she's not on the switch. Apparently, Tharja's in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. This and looks when, like the same shit that you pit. Oh, no. Tharja. So Tharja is a Fire Emblem character. She wears this sheer black gown that's like completely see through, except for the very top. Um, she's a she's a magic user. She's just awesome. Um, I played her a lot with Fire Emblem Heroes, of course. I had my I had my uh, my babe army. And um, yeah, but Jesse says that she's in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. And that instantly has perked me up to keep going. I will never yeah. stop Tokyo Mirage it Sessions. It perked uh, you up. Need to see need to see Tharja. Uh, I do want to add, I had some honorable mentions that did not make my list. They made my list at one point, but when I narrowed it down to five, they didn't make it. Um, Rabid Peach, gotta say, has it going you on. sit bastard. And Rabid Peach knows she's got it going on. She's taking the selfies. Um, she's great. Uh, but she just just missed my list. Maybe number six. Um, Nessa from the new Pokemon game, she is the water gym leader. I just think she's like super cool. I don't even know. She didn't really make the list because I wouldn't say like she's hot or sexy, but she's just cool. Like I really liked her. You want to maybe hang out with her, go see a movie, but but then yeah. you know leave her at the doorstep. I want to go play Pokemon Go with her. Um, new one also from Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and I have a feeling there's going to be some others this game. But Subasa, who's one of the main characters in the game, um, she's like very like shy Japanese girl. Um, but then her like alternate character is very like very busty, very like she's very um, she's very joyful, like a Japanese sort of joy that you see in a lot of like anime type games. Um, I really liked her. And she also like she's she's obviously very sexy, but um, she's just fun. I like I like having her around. She makes the the battles just just more fun to have her around than the other two guys. Um, and then last one, Mifa from Breath of the Wild. She was that, always my favorite. Is that a Zora chick? Mifa's the one that uh, Link likes. Remember, like they that was like Link's girlfriend. From, so yeah, um, she's she the Zora, the water people. She's the Zora. Yeah, she's the Zora. Yeah. So, yeah. but Link. Hey, if she's uh, good enough are, for Link. Those are enough. so different than your top five list. Those, I mean, I don't even know how those are in their. Like, it's like a different person voted on those. That's why they're honorary mentions. I'm not sure that's and, how it works. And I just want to add, uh, I talked to my wife about this list. You know, we're, we're very transparent. And uh, I asked her, who who she think the sexiest dude is on um, the Switch? And she said me. Uh, but then I said, no, I'm not on the Switch. And she goes, oh, OK, well, she had to choose. And this is a really funny list. She narrowed it down to four. Um, her number one is Tom Nook. 
<laughs> and I don't even know what to say to that. Her number two was Kirby. And, you know, because she doesn't play a lot of the serious games, so she doesn't have a lot of choices. Wait, is Kirby a boy? Kirby Kirby is whatever Kirby needs to be. You know, that kind of reminds you of, like, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh always screws with me. Winnie the Pooh is a boy. I know. Yeah, but it, I feel like it could be a girl sometimes. Yeah. Nah. Kirby's definitely a boy. I, I mean, I, is that... I, a, is, I, I mean, would you, you'd bet $100 on that? I... I, how do we prove it? Like, do we need to prove it? I'll put I'll put a hundred down for that one. <laughs> I mean, I'm not confident, so I don't know. Kirby, I mean, Kirby's sexuality. All right. Would that be a, if anybody's like, listening, if you think you can prove that Kirby is male or female, then then send it up. I'm not a Kirby pro. Look, I I don't even like the Kirby games that much, but uh, I think of Kirby as a as a man, and um, yeah, I think he I think he shaves in the morning. Um, I think he has an appetite. I mean, like he inhales food like a man. So uh, do not doodle Kirby sets. <laughs> I don't know why you would. And uh, I don't know why you did. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> Go with Kirby gender. Oh. Um, all, uh, um, my wife, Michelle, also mentioned Ferdinand from the Fire Emblem series. She likes a guy named Laszlo, um, but he was on the 3DS. Uh, he was on Fire Emblem Fates as well. Didn't uh, I didn't let her use that because uh, he's not on the switch and uh, Breath of the Wild Link, which I think is going to be on most women's lists. It's not bad. He's a stud. He's yeah, he's confident, you know, and, you know, so yeah. And the blue, and the blue tonic, I'm assuming that the, the blue. Oh, yeah. The, the tonic, the tunic, tunic, tonic. This is what I meant. You're thinking you got ukulele on the brain, dude. I live in New England. We we say things weird. Yeah, wicked hot. Pop the car. Pack it. Pack it. Drew, we got another topic to talk about. We got to get this thing rolling. Let's take a cold shower and move on to it. What do you say? Not together, but let's do it. All right, let's get this second topic going here. Um, I think, John, I think you're the best one here to kind of lead us off into this. Well, yeah, let's and then let's let's really get into this. Introduce so, it. Yeah. So in the last week, there were three very high profile game delays that occurred. Um, one of them was Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, you're a Witcher 3 guy, Drew. This is made by CD Projekt Red. This has been very hotly anticipated. I think this is the the, the first game they've made since Witcher 3. Uh, this has been a long time coming, a massive open world. It was supposed to come out mid-April, got delayed to mid-September, a five-month delay that occurred three months before the date. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people, you know, upset about that one. Marvel's Avengers got a four-month delay. And these are, like, all, like, within days of each other, I, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel's, Avenger, Marvel's Avengers got delayed four months um, so that game's coming out. It was going to come out in May, which is you know kind of advanced notice. It's four months um, in advance, and they're just delaying it four more months. And then finally, the big one, and this game was coming out soon. Uh, Fire, uh, Fire, Final Fantasy VII, um, the remake. Uh, that's supposed to come out March third, which which interestingly is the Switch's birthday. It would have been the Switch's third birthday. Um, and we we throw parties for the Switch, um, so I'm really glad they actually did delay it because I I kind of want to play this. Um, just got delayed a month uh, to April 10th. So um, that's not too bad. Not too bad. No. And and I think what's important here is um, the community 
the community has really evolved on this. I think the community sees delays as positive things more than negative things. Um, the gaming community is not really known for being, you know, rational at times. Um, uh, a lot of the community seems to, you know, a lot of a lot of the dredges of the community, I will say, because I think the community is really, the gaming community is really good, but the dredges of the community, which often get leaked into the mainstream media, um, you know, tend to hate women a lot, tend to be assholes. And, uh, but even then, uh, I think people accept these delays. And uh, I'd like to talk about it a little bit. I think it's very easy to say that game, that a delay is good, make sure the game's perfect, take all the time you need or whatever. And there's, there's some truth to that. Um, but I thought it'd be uh, something that we should talk about, Drew. What do you, what do you think about these delays? So what do you think I, about delays in general? I, I have a lot of feelings, right? So, so delays, it's it's a society today, right? That's the issue. So there, there's a lot of problems I see with the developers in general, where it comes to, you know, the hype train, right? So every time you know you see like the E3, oh, we're gonna see, are we gonna see Metroid Prime? Are we gonna, you know, what's the new stuff we're gonna see? And you know, Breath of the Wild, perfect example, Breath of the Wild Two. We saw a teaser trailer last June, but we don't even know when the game's coming out. So are they are they showing stuff so far in advance that they're setting themselves up for failure? So now come this June E3, if we don't see now a full trailer for Breath of the Wild, people are going to be upset, right? So I think it's the the developers overpromising things too soon, um, and I think by what I mean with that is I think they 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 push their own limits. And I think they push mm. their resources to the mat. It's a perfect example, right? So think about a game like Smash Brother Ultimate that came out, where we have the director of Smash Brother taking IV drips in the office because <laughs> he needs to focus and stay awake. But you know what the problem is, John? Is it's it's the pressure of the video game world, right? It's it's these it's the fans, it's the people that are buying your game, it's the expectations of that gamer, right? So I, I think what it is is over the years, I think the internet itself has has ruined it. It ruined it for all of us because mm-hmm. you're going to have those people out there that criticize it. It's the reception. So these developers, you know, I, I had to do a fun fact. I had to look into The Witcher, for example. And I know I, I've been beating this to death, and I swear to God, give me one or two more episodes and I'll never talk about it again. But The, the Witcher cost $81 million to make. Oh, my God. $81 million to create a video game, John. Ridiculous. Now, ha- has it sold millions and millions and millions of copies and made us money back and more? Yes. But that's not the point. Why are we spending $81 million to create a video game where if you play this game and you explore the crap out of it and you looked at every nook and cranny and you talked to every person, I'm telling you right now, nothing on the internet is trying to tell you that number. It is probably hundreds and hundreds of hours if you go do all that content. Right. So why why create such massive games? Right. There's so many game game companies out there where if I was a gaming company, why spend eighty one million dollars where let's say and create a three hundred hour game where let's say maybe you can spend thirty million dollars, create a really good solid fifty hour game, maybe even, you know, seventy five hour game. And then start your development on maybe mm. a next game. It just seems like there's so much stuff that these guys are putting into. They're creating movies for, yeah. for for a video game controller. And it's to the point where now 
people have set the standard. And if, if people don't do that, you don't have those people that bitch about it. But at the same time, they're digging their own, they're digging their own grave, right? Um, I think they need to stop focusing on the length. And, you know, I think they need to just take their, you know, they take, they, they try to take their time to make the game better rather than just making the game smaller, making it more manageable and making it a small quality, good product. Yeah. And, I, like I, I think, said, you know, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I think, but again, I think it just goes back to the expectations. And I think that's the problem now is, is someone did set the standard and people want that. But I got to ask this question is you look at a game like Witcher 3 and all these other games that are 100 plus hour games. I'd love to poll every single person that purchased that game. How many people started the game and 100% completed it? How many people beat the main storyline? And how many people never finished it and quit? It's probably, I, probably probably a pretty good number, but yeah, there's probably a ton of people that never finished the game at all. And I bet you there's a very few people that did all of the quests and side quests. Oh, and I'm sure there's so, and I'm sure there's like a fifty percent ratio. I would have to say maybe that just beat the game. Yeah. If I had to guess, but my point is, is is you know, do us as video gamers need all those options and i know we could we could get into this whole argument that people like options right you know i i, I wrote in a I, I sent an email in i'm sorry a voicemail into the nintendo devs last week about why do we need hey, jeb was that jeb no that was not me that was by, that was by the me. way by jeb yeah thank Thanks, you jeb. thank you thank, thank you thank you jeb i agree but um no i i, I brought up the point of why do we even need an interface with background music and background stuff and and the the title that's answer was is because people like options right but but mm-hmm. how many people and, you know i get you get to the point where oh, people log on all the time and they want to manage their folders and do all those things but at what point in the video game industry are we developing to the 10% Right. You got to start thinking about the 90 percent of the people. How mm. many how many people out there are not hardcore video gamers? Obviously, all of us are. We're listening to podcasts about it. We're going on the Internet and reading about it. We are a small percent of the video game industry. And I get that we put a lot of money into it. So they want to listen to us. But at the same time, you know, if I was a video game industry, fuck you, 10 percent. Here comes 90 percent. That's where I'm making my money. But but I would say that ten percent of the games are the big games, and ninety percent really aren't the big games. I, I think a game like like oh, look, I mean, The Witcher I Three is that. a huge game, and I think most of my interest in playing The Witcher is because I got excited that it came out on the Switch. Um, I don't have any interest in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I'm not the kind of gamer. I'm like that ninety percent. I'm I'm a I'm an intense casual gamer. But, and but so I don't want to play a 200-hour game like Cyberpunk 2077. No, but at what point is it too much? When I go talk to a merchant because I want to sell a damn sword that I just picked up, I don't need a cutscene every fucking time that says, hey, hey, welcome to the Bloodsmith Marcher. What could I do for you today? I don't need that. Just right, put right. up the menu. I'm here to sell something. Yeah, like you if know? this was a retro game, you'd be like, you'd go next to him, you'd hit A, 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 B, A, done. <laughs> yeah, and it would just be repetitive that you could do it every time. But no, now yeah. I have to watch a cutscene or try to do skip a cutscene. Are you sure you want to skip skip the cutscene? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you know. So 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 so, I, so, so what, what you're what you're saying is that the delays, while the delays do seem to be like, oh, it's for the best, you know. Oh, we got you know, maybe there's some polish, maybe there's some bugs. I mean, look, I'm a software developer. When we have a product, you know, getting ready for release. 
we do look at the bug list and like, you know, what QA has given us. And yeah, sometimes you have to delay because you're like, look, we can't put it out with this many bugs. There's some really, you know, crashing bugs, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And right. if you look at this list, not every delay is the same. So Cyberpunk is a five month delay and they weren't supposed to release for three months. Right. And so what that tells me is that they've got some bugs and they have a lot of testing they need to do. And they've they, that game has some problems. I guarantee you the game is built well and the game's going to be great for the people who like that kind of game. Yep. But uh, that kind of delay, that five month delay, three months in advance tells me that they've got some bugs and they have they have a lot of work to do. But to your point, John, it's hard to it's hard to manage a 250 hour game for testing. When you test a 250 hour game, that, that means there's more likelihood of more bugs and it's going to take you longer to test those. Correct. When you're when you're when you're testing a 75 hour game. You're you're more likely to have less bugs. It's just I mean that's oh, just no, right. that's nature. And, right? and the point I, the point I'm trying to make is that not all these not all these delays are the same because Final Fantasy delayed a month, and that like a month is just really like I think that they're finishing up the code now, and I don't know I don't know if you know how long a company needs to like print to disc right Final Fantasy VII is going to be out on disc, how long it takes to print up the discs to print up the the game I mean, faces and all that, it probably takes some time. And I'm sure those games, the reason why you get games that have a day one update is because they have to put their golden master build on a disc way in advance. Oh, and, by, and then they're continuing to do QA because they're running late. And that's why you get sometimes like, you know, you get a game like Bloodstain that's buggy on release. Um, mm -hmm. You get games that, that have big monster day one updates because they weren't done when they had to put it to print because they had mm -hmm. to meet a deadline. And so a game like Final Fantasy VII, I think it's fine. I mean, that game's been taking forever. I mean, yeah, for, for all we know, the manufacturer of their SD cards could have been like, oh, we have a shortage. You have to wait a month. Yeah. You, know, you don't know. There's, like you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. Like yeah, that. And, and Marvel's Avengers wasn't supposed to come out for another another four months, and that got a four-month delay. And I, I suspected that that game maybe is critically needs some enhancements maybe isn't as fun as they'd like it to be um so i mean if you think about it these are games that were supposed to come out you know mid and they're already delaying them it's not about bugs they're just running behind or they need to add more content i agree with you that i think games should have narrow thing i you know i'll tell you the model that i like the most i like when a game comes out and then you get free dlc and if that and and to me I don't think that's the game. Sometimes it is, but I don't think it's the game developer saying, hey, we want to work for free and give you free content instead of starting to work on another game to make more money. I kind of think of it as, hey, we have this big vision for our game and we want to put it out a little sooner because maybe we're a smaller studio mm -hmm. and we want you to have some content <coughs> earlier because we want to get sales earlier. Whereas maybe a game like Cyberpunk 2077 is done by a company that made a ton of money on The Witcher 3, has been successful, CD Projekt Red, and they don't need to release it to make their money. They, they're making their money already. I really Correct. love, I love a game, you know, a game comes to mind, Wargroove. A game that came out, was fun, had a couple little issues, little, little game tweaking issues, um, but was great fun from day one. They, they, they made a big patch, uh, they fixed a couple well, things wasn't, in the game. Wasn't Wargroove delayed? Wargroove, uh, I don't know. It, I don't remember it having a date where it was like a, a delay. Um, okay, it was just, but, it, it was later than everyone yeah. expected. But when it came out, it had some tweaking issues. Like it was like, it was way too difficult. Um, there was just some things about it, uh, just some of the delays and stuff. 
But you know what? They're coming out next month. I think in a few weeks now yeah. with a huge DLC. And that's you don't even have to pay for it. It's free. And they didn't have to. They could have charged 10 bucks for it, five bucks, anything. And they're coming out with a free DLC. And I love that because we played through Wargroove this year, early in the year, mm-hmm. had a blast with it. And now you're coming out with DLC. And now I want to get back to it. I want to do some more completing of the original game. Uh, you know, yes. I yes love that no. model. But I think you're going to find that happy medium. And this is going to be for everybody a different answer. But what is the right answer for DLC? Like, what's that time gap? When did this game come out? Wargroove? Yes. I think, wasn't it like January or February? Of this that's year? my point. So it's 12 months later too late for dlc like i i've moved on i hate to say mm-hmm. that but it's like and i did some people say well it draws you back into a game that you haven't played in a long time I think it draws you back in i i think you know what it may not work for everybody but it works for me if i didn't have wargroove and i saw that there was dlc i would be like "Ooh, you know what like remember you mentioned last week that um that you like a game that's timely you like a game that's social that you're playing with other people and Correct. when you do something like this with Wargroove, I could come back. If I hadn't played Wargroove, I could come to Wargroove in January, play mm-hmm. through it, and then enjoy the DLC with everybody else and be part of a community. Um, because true. that if that content came out with the game in February, or maybe they took an extra few months to do it and it came out in May, I missed it. Um, I'm excited to get back into it. And it's a game that I've wanted to get back into, but I haven't. But I definitely will now. Um, another one I wanted to mention, too, Overcooked 2. That game came out, my God, like a year and a half ago. Oh yeah, that that that's a good that's a good example. Yeah, there. me and my wife, we played with a couple of buddies of ours. Where every all everyone had played Overcooked and really loved it, so we formed this like super team of Overcooked veterans. And every <laughs> month or so, like they'll come over or we'll go over and we'll play, and we just have a blast. And we have been playing for a year and a half. We beat the game like eight months ago or whatever can it was. I, can, it can, took can a while. I just, Check all time out. Did you just call your guys a super team of overcooked veterans? It's like what are the rock groups with all like the uh, the people, like super groups, right? It's I, I just wanted to make sure I heard that correct. It's super an overcooked fans. super group. You know what's great about it is we didn't have to like train somebody up. We didn't have to explain how the game works. We all know the game. We all went in. We had a blast. Um, we actually found the game pretty easy. But well, really, the, I mean, that, that game's no joke. It's get intense. Me and my oh, wife had oh, some that? serious. Um, you know, they were at the time we were playing, right? And me and my wife were playing. And we were making hamburgers, I think. And I said, get the tomatoes, get the tomatoes. I need a tomato over here. And she she's standing there next to me. She's like, I can't put the damn tomato down. I can't do it. I said, Amy, it's because you're holding a fucking fire extinguisher. It's not a tomato. <laughs> oh, man. It's fun. It's intense. It was a lot of fun. But um, I'll never forget that moment. She she picked up, you know, it was red. It was next to the tomatoes. It was the fire. <laughs> you can't cut it. You can't cut the fire extinguisher. You can't. You can't. But, but oh, we, beat the, we beat the game like almost a year ago or so. I think it took us five nights to beat the game. And this was spread out over weeks, months. And But they've been releasing DLC. They've done like six or seven DLC drops since then. That's, have they all been free? Uh, so not all of them are free. They did have a pass, but a few of them were free. Okay. And That's they're cool. still every so often putting out free content and it keeps so, you engaged. And I, I just love the model because it brings you back into a game. You feel like you don't have to spend any money. Slay the Spire is another game that's coming out but, with a fourth character. But that's and it's, the, just, it but, brings you back in. And, and this might be a topic for another day. But at what point is DLC a new Overcooked 3? 
I, and we we want an overcooked three, um, but I'll take free DLC any given day over the next game because then I know I have to buy that next game and you have to start a new save file. You know, we jump in and we look at our save file and we see all these three stars everywhere. And, and you know, I yeah, I mean, I'm just saying is it's free. Um, like I said, not all of it is free and overcooked, too, but um, it's free. It keeps you coming. Um, I love it. Shovel Knight had this model, and I think it was more for the Kickstarter. But I mean, what, last month we saw or is it this month? When Last month we got the, the, the latest Shovel Knight DLC. They've been putting out free content for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, that got delayed a long time. That got delayed two years. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to say that not every delay is great. Um, I think I think I think you're right. I think I think game developers need to start talking about the model, the model of how they do it. Cut down the content, cut down the development time and push more DLC, but make it free. Make it right. We were going to spend three years in this game, but we released it after two years, and we spent a year giving free DLC. It gives people very like positive feelings about it. They're getting mm-hmm. free content. Um, well, but look you know at, what? You know, I, 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 and I don't want to get into this again too deep, but I, I actually feel differently, John. I I like the concept of get the. I don't do it from a user point of view. I feel like you want to get the game into the user's hands, right? I want to be able to play a game. Now, if you made a game available to me for 10 or $20 versus $50, I'm more likely to go buy it, correct? So you start cheap. And then you can do paid content afterwards. And I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes it's a better value for me because like, hey, I only bought this game at 20 bucks. I don't mind spending spend another $10 or $20 or more content. Now, I get it from the developer's point of view, that's not what you want to do. Because if you get someone to buy a game for $50 and they play one hour of it and hate it, you still got their $50 versus the other way around. Now you Yeah, but then you're not going to get their money next time. It's going to have an effect. Correct. But I, I, I'm kind of always into this, and I actually pitched this one time, I think, for the end dads is, like, why not buy a game for, like, 5 or $10, and then after you beat a chapter, it's almost like the video arcade where... Hey, you want to play chapter two, put in $5 because yeah. at some point, if you never get to that point or you don't have the time or you didn't like it, I can quit. And I'm only maybe 10 or $15 into it rather than 50. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you, you're, you're not being accurate. You can't, you can't build a Witcher three in a short time. I mean, there's, there's two, there's two, there's two halves to, to building a game, building the engine, building the rules of the world and then building the content, like the level design that's and, true. and, and that's that sort point. of thing. So, I mean, you still have a huge undertaking in building these like big open well, worlds. And they I have don't think it would and... work with like, The Witcher or something. But if you think right. about like uh, what the hell was the game called with the um, where you, you, you're you a merchant, but then you go in the dungeons and you. Oh, God, no, not that one. I know what you're yeah. talking about. I think that's a good example. Uh, Moonlighter. Moonlighter. Yeah. Yeah, you get the first dungeon free, and then once you complete it, you want the second dungeon is five bucks or whatever it is. You did progress the game that yeah, way. Yeah, but that game was horrible, and I wouldn't have paid another five bucks to play a second dungeon. Exactly, we would have saved money, John, because I think I quit after the first or second dungeon myself. <sighs> yeah, but that's I, I, not how I want to play a game because I'm just not going to have that motivation. Even like paid DLC. Look, I love Fire Emblem Three Houses, right? And then they put out DLC for that one, like right away. They have a DLC pass. And I didn't buy it because I knew I was going to go through the games three or four times, play through all the houses. Why do I want DLC when I'm going to be spending 100 hours or 150 hours in that game? 
And then it wasn't really until the, the DLC that they just announced um, that actually had me interested because it was actually meaty and it was like another school. But the other content wasn't that. Remember Xenoblade 2 when that came out? They had the uh, DLC pass. Did you ever get that? Yeah. I f- what was it? I mean, they added they had some extra side quests and they had some extra weapons. And oh, yeah, I, think I suckered into it because I, I liked it. Oh, OK. Yeah. See, I didn't get that one until we found out about the expansion, the uh, the the Torna expansion. Oh, yes. Yep. Then you're talking about like having almost like a new game. And I didn't actually buy the DLC. I, I think I actually just bought the Torna expansion like on on the chip. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that that's when you can like win me over. But like if I'm playing a game like Moonlighter and I play the first level and I'm like, ah, and then you're like, hey, for five dollars, you can play level two. I what am I getting out of that game that I'm like, ooh, I want a second level. I'm, I'm going to be satisfied that I beat the first level and I'm going to be like, OK, I don't I'm not really going to pay more to play another level. You need to sell me on extra content, but you need to give me a full a full game. I think um, it works in certain games. I think if you designed a game around it, it could work. I'm is, not saying is, it works with every game. Isn't Final Fantasy seven coming in like uh, like chapters? Like, I think they're I think Final Fantasy seven is going to have expanded content down the road. Um, I'm not exactly sure if they're cutting the story short. I think it's a replication of the game, but I think there's going to be more chapters that they're going to add to that later. But you're going to you're still getting a full Final Fantasy seven. To play yeah. through, so I, you know, I'd rather just pay up front. I'm, I'm just. I, 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 I don't. But, but anyway, I, I mean, I think, I think again, I think we kind of got sidetracked here, but um, I think it was a good topic. Uh, yep. I think we both kind of expressed strongly how we feel about delays in the companies in general and where the video game industry is going. So I think it was a good topic. I think we had some good conversation there. But, I mean, anything else that you want to kind of talk about before we start closing? I mean, I do want to mention, um, all your listeners out there, remember. Monthly Mayhem only has a few days left, so make sure you get over on our Discord channel for the Nintendo Dads and submit all of your things. We are now all playing Ring Fit Adventure, Super Punch-Out. I actually made my Super Punch-Out run this weekend. Um, so remember, you have two games to play, either Ring Fit Adventure, which is our main game, or you can go play Super Punch-Out for kind of some side action. And that all ends January 31st. Um, and this this podcast is now replacing all those Monthly Mayhem videos. And then um, and I, I will add, don't forget to, to send us your victory pose videos because you not only get points for Monthly Mayhem, um, but we're going to do something special with that. So I really want to see um, have your kid, have your wife, have uh, whoever, husband, whoever, just send a video of you doing your victory pose. We're going to have a good time. Um, I really would like to see a whole bunch of those. Um, and yeah, Drew, earlier today, I, I sent in some good scores, uh, some good scores. I, that, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't know if they were good or not, but I did see them. Yeah. Impressive scores. I will put it that way. So I am uh, looking forward. Well, to I know you and Nick done. out there has a little battle going on, you know, something yeah. about some conspiracy theory or something. But, uh, you know, you two, you two, two do what you got to do. We're, we're and, battling it out with the abs. And um, well, any, anything else before you want to wrap it up? Uh, no, I, I, and just to go back to the, uh, the, the delays, um, like I said, it is always better to have a game delayed. Um, it's always better to have a, a, a bad, a, a good game delayed than a bad game. Um, but I think it's time with, with all the delays that we keep getting, 
Um, I think it really is important for the, for game companies to kind of like start thinking about their operations because you can't just delay everything over and over again. I mean, let's, uh, let's start thinking about it and try to figure out how we can avoid doing the delays because they're getting old. They're, they're happening all the time now. So, uh, it's a little much hurts to say, John, but I mean, I, you you took the words out of my mouth. I couldn't agree more with that, with that statement. Yeah. We're starting to assume games are going to be delayed now. I, I don't like that. I agree. That's it. Well, well, we, of course, want to always thank the Nintendo dads for letting us host this amazing uh, After Dark show. And um, make sure, you know, you, you listen to them as well. Subscribe. Subscribe to us. Uh, and, uh, John, we are going to be making a little bit of changes in the future, right? So we'll we'll keep all of you guys updated. But uh, as for now, continue to follow us on the Nintendo dads feed. But um, we will be having our own feed shortly. Uh, but you can pretty much find us everywhere right now over on iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. And if you are a Nintendo Dads patron, come over to Discord. Uh, we have our own channel, the Dads After Dark channel. Let us know what you think about the show. If you want to submit questions to us, just chat to us about um, maybe who your hottest Switch character is. Let us know what you guys think. Um, let us know what you think about the Lays. But if you also want to uh, go on over to Twitter at NDadsAfterDark. That's just the letter N dads after dark um and uh tweet us out let us know john's over there busy tweet us out i don't know i don't i don't do twitter john is that not the thing to say i'm not in the i'm not what in it, like what the, does it mean to tweet us out tweet at us what's the what's the lingo what would you what, what would you say tweet what us? does it mean to tweet us out tweet us out you know share us tweet us <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know uh anyways john what do we have happening over the next couple of weeks Oh, man, I feel like I've been saying this for two weeks now, but we might be getting a Nintendo Direct in the next couple weeks. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we can talk about a Nintendo Direct on our next show. Um, if not, there is not much to talk about there. There right now are no Amigo, no Amiibos coming out. We just saw our last two. And by the way, Dark Samus is an awesome Amiibo. Um, but there's no Amiibo coming out. There's no big game releases coming out. Um, next big game releases are really like Wargroove in early February, that DLC that we just talked about. Um, there's some other DLC coming out in February, too. Wait, what, oh, the uh, the fire, the new Fire Emblem uh, DLC is coming out as well in February. Uh, but no big game releases. So this is a good time to be working on the backlog. I know Marty has been working on his backlog. He just finished Jedi Fallen Order today. Good good on you, Marty. I, I, think, I think finishing up games is where you see the real... The real value. You really can't know how much you love a game until you finish that game. And uh, yeah, Marty's been working on his backlog. I think he's been working on his backlog through February as well. So um, now's a good time to be doing that. And then, like you said, Drew, get your Mayhem scores in. Absolutely. Um, you want to get those in. You don't have to play the whole game. You just got to play the little, the little, uh, you know, two minutes, uh, little side missions. Get some scores in. Get on the board. You never know if you're going to win. Never so, know. Yeah. In the lottery. But um, all right. Well, thank you, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, thank you for listening to uh, the Dads After Dark Show. Good night. Good night, Dad.